Chapter One of the Floating Prince and Other Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Floating Prince and Other Fairy Tales by Frank R. Stockton chapter one the floating prince there was once an orphan prince named nassim who had been carefully educated to take his place upon the throne of his native country everything that a king ought to know had been taught him and he was considered by the best judges to be in every way qualified to wear a crown and to wield a sceptre but when he became of age and was about to take his place upon the throne a relative of greater power and influence in the country concluded that he would be king himself and so the young prince was thrown out upon the world the new king did not want him in his dominions and it was therefore determined by his teachers and guardians that he would have to become a floating prince by this they meant that he must travel about from place to place until he found some kingdom which needed a king and which was willing to accept him to rule over it if such a situation were vacant he could easily obtain it he was therefore furnished with a new suit of clothes and a good sword a small crown and a sceptre were packed into his bag and he was started out to seek his fortune as best he could as the prince walked away from the walls of his native city he felt quite downhearted although he was by nature gay and hopeful he did not believe that he could find any country which would want him for a ruler that is all nonsense he said to himself there are always plenty of heirs or usurpers to take a throne when it is empty if i want a kingdom i must build up one for myself and that is just what i will do i will gather together my subjects as i go along the first person i meet shall be my chief counsellor of state the second shall be head of the army the third shall be the admiral of the navy the next shall be chief treasurer and then i will collect subjects of various classes cheered by this plan he stepped gaily on and just as he was entering a wood through which his pathway led him he heard someone singing looking about him he saw a little lady about five inches high sitting upon a twig of a flowering bush near by and singing to herself nazim instantly perceived that she was a fairy and said to himself ooh i did not expect a meeting of this sort 
but as he was a bold and frank young fellow he stepped up to her and said good morning lady fairy how would you like to be chief counsellor to a king it would be splendid said the lively little fairy her eyes sparkling with delight but where is the king i am the king said nasim or rather i am to be as soon as i get my kingdom together and then he told her his story and his plans the fairy was charmed the plan suited her exactly you might get a larger counsellor than i am she said but i know a good deal about government i have been governed ever so much and i could not help learning how it is done i'm glad enough to have a chance to help somebody govern other people i'll be your chief counsellor all right said the prince who was much pleased with the merry little creature now we'll go and hunt up the rest of the kingdom he took the little fairy in his hand and placed her in one of the folds of his silken girdle where she could rest as if in a tiny hammock and then he asked her name my name she answered is lorilla chief counsellor of the kingdom of what are you going to call your kingdom oh i haven't thought of a name yet let it be nasima after yourself said lorilla very well answered the prince we will call it nasima that will save trouble and disputes after the kingdom is established nasim now stepped along quite briskly talking to his little companion as he went and explaining to her his various ideas regarding his future kingdom suddenly he stumbled over what he supposed was the trunk of a fallen tree and then he was quickly raised into the air astride of the supposed tree tunk which seemed to have a hinge in it what now said a great voice and the prince perceived that he was sitting on the knee of a giant who had been lying on his back in the wood don't be afraid said lorilla looking out of her little hammock he won't hurt you excuse me said the prince i did not see you or i should have been more careful how would you like to be general of the army of the kingdom of nasima that sounds splendidly cried little lorilla the giant looked bewildered he could not understand at all what the prince was talking about but when nasim explained it all to him he said he would like very well to be head general of the army and he accepted the position rising to his feet the giant offered to carry the prince on his arm so that they could get along faster and in this way they traveled all discussing with much zest 
the scheme of the new kingdom about noon they began to be hungry and so they sat down in a shady place the giant having said that he had something to eat in a bag which he carried at his side he opened this bag and spread out half a dozen enormous loaves of bread two joints of roast meat a boiled ham and about a bushel of roasted potatoes is that the food for your whole army asked lorilla oh no answered the giant who was a young fellow with a good appetite i brought this for myself but there will be enough for you too i don't believe i should have eaten it quite all anyway i should hope not said the prince why that would last me several weeks and me a thousand years said lorilla you will talk differently if you ever grow to be as big as i am said the giant smiling as he took a bite from a loaf of bread when the meal was over they all felt refreshed and quite eager to meet the next comer who was to be the admiral or commander of the navy of the new kingdom for some time they went on without seeing any one but at last they perceived in a field at some distance a man on stilts he was tending sheep and wore the stilts so that he could the better see his flock as it wandered about there's the admiral said the giant let me put you down and run over and catch him so saying he set the prince on the ground and ran toward the shepherd who seeing him coming at once took to flight his stilts were so long that he made enormous steps and he got over the ground very fast the giant had long legs and he ran swiftly but he had a great deal of trouble to get near the man on stilts who dodged in every direction and rushed about like an enormous crane the poor frightened sheep scattered themselves over the fields and hid in the bushes at last the giant made a vigorous dash and swooping his long arm around he caught the shepherd by one stilt and waving him around his head shouted in triumph the prince and lorilla who had been watching this chase with great interest cheered in return now we have an admiral said the fairy as the giant approached proudly bearing the shepherd aloft don't you think it would be well for you to get out your crown and scepter he ought to understand at once that you are the king so nazine took his crown and scepter from his bag and putting that one on his head held the other in his hand he looked quite kingly when the giant came up and set the shepherd down on his knees before him 
with his stilts sticking out ever so far behind i'm glad to see you said the prince and herewith make you admiral of my royal navy admiral cried the poor frightened man i don't understand oh it's all right exclaimed the merry little lorilla as she slipped out of the prince's sash and ran up to the shepherd we're going to have a splendid kingdom and we're just getting together the head officers i'm chief counselor that giant is the general of the army and we want you to command the navy there'll be a salary after a while and i know you'll like it as she went on to explain the whole matter to the shepherd his fear left him and he smiled i shall be very glad to be your admiral he then said to the prince whereupon the giant lifted him up on his feet or rather on to the stilts which were strapped to his feet and ankles and the affair was settled the party now went on the giant and the man on stilts side by side the prince on the giant's arm and lorilla in nazim's sash what other great officer must we have she asked of nazim the chief officer of the treasury or chancellor of the exquire i see him now it was true along a road in a valley below them a man was walking instantly they were all excited the giant and the man on stilts wished to run after the newcomer but the prince forbade it saying it would be better to approach him quietly the man who halted when he saw them proved to be a clam digger with his clam rake over one shoulder and a large basket in his hand the prince did not waste many words with this person who was a rather humble-minded man but briefly explained the situation to him and told him that he was now the chancellor of the exquire in charge of the treasury of the kingdom of nasima the man remarking that he saw no objection to such a position and that it might in the end be better than clam digging joined the prince's party which again proceeded on its way that night they all slept in a palm grove first making a supper of coconuts which the giant and the admiral picked from the tops of the trees now then said nasim in the morning what we must have next is an aristocracy out of this upper class we can then fill the government offices very true said the giant and we shall want an army i do not feel altogether like a general without some soldiers under me and i must have a navy said the admiral and there must be common people remarked the chancellor of the squire 
for we shall need some folks on whom i can levy taxes with which to carry on the government you are all right said nazim and this is the way we will manage matters all the people we meet to-day shall be the aristocrats of nasima all we meet to-morrow shall form the army and all we see the next day shall be taken to make up the navy after that we will collect common people until we have enough i can tell you now said the admiral how to get a lot of aristocrats together in a bunch a mile ahead of where we now are is a schoolhouse and it is full of boys with a gray-haired master these fellows ought to make excellent aristocrats they will do very well said nasim and we will go quietly forward and capture them all when they reached the schoolhouse nasim with his crown on his head and his sceptre in his hand took his position at the front door the giant crouched down by the back door the chancellor stood by one window and the admiral tried to stand by the other but his stilts were so long that he looked over the roof instead of into the window is not that a well near you said the little counsellor lorilla who was perched on a vine for safekeeping step into that and you will most likely be just tall enough the admiral stepped into the well which was close to the house and found that he stood exactly high enough to command the window when all was posted nazim opened his door and stepping a short distance into the room declared his title and position and called upon them all to consider themselves members of the aristocracy of his kingdom the moment he said this the astonished and frightened boys sprang to their feet and made a rush for the back door but when they threw it open there squattered the giant with a broad grin on his face and his hands spread out before the doorway then they turned and ran some for one window and some for another but at one stood the treasurer brandishing his own brandishing his clam rake and at the other the admiral shaking his fists there was no escape one or two who tried to pass by nazim having been stopped by a tap on the head from his scepter and so the boys crowded together in the middle of the room while some of the smaller ones began to cry the master was too much startled and astonished to say a word then came running into the room little lorilla and mounting to the top of the schoolmaster's table she addressed the school telling them all about the new kingdom and explaining what a jolly old time they would have it would be like a long holiday and although their master would go with them to teach them what they 
would have to know in their new position it would not be a bit like going to school as soon as the boys heard that they would not have to go to school they agreed to the plan on the spot some of them even went out to talk to the giant as to the master he said that if his school was to be taken into the new kingdom he would go too for he had promised the parents that that he would take care of their boys so when all was settled the whole school headed by the master made ready to follow nazim and his officers the giant pulled the admiral out of the well much to the delight of the boys and all started off in good humor the company went into camp on the edge of a wood quite early in the evening because lorilla said that boys ought not to be up late if it had not been for the luncheons which the boys had in their baskets and which they cheerfully shared with their older companions many of the party would have gone to sleep hungry that night as for the giant it is probable that he did go to sleep hungry for it would have taken the contents of all the baskets to have entirely satisfied his appetite early the next morning he aroused the party here are a few bushels of coconuts he cried emptying a great bag on the ground i gathered them before any of you were awake eat them quickly for we must be off today is my army day and i want to get as many soldiers as i can everyone was very willing to please the giant an early start was made and before very long the party reached the edge of a desert they journeyed over the sand nearly all day but not a living being did they see late in the afternoon a black man on an ostrich was seen coming from behind a hillock of sand and immediately with a great shout the whole party set out in chase it is probable that the man on the bird would have soon got away from his pursuers had not the ostrich persisted in running around in a great circle while the hoops and shouts the giant and the rest succeeded in heading off the ostrich which tumbled over throwing his rider on the sand the bird then ran off as fast as he could go while the negro was seized by every aristocrat who could get near enough to lay hold of him the giant now came up and lifted the man from the midst of his young captors you need not be frightened said he you are to belong to my army that is all i will treat you well and not kill me whimpered the black man certainly not said the giant i need soldiers too much to want to kill the only one i've got 
fall in line behind me and we'll march on and see if we cannot find you some comrades but by nightfall the giant's army still consisted of one black man the party encamped in an oasis where grew a number of date palms the fruit of which afforded a plentiful supper for everybody the giant had not much appetite and he looked solemn while gazing at his army as it sat cross-legged on the ground eating dates the next morning the admiral earnestly petitioned that they should try to get out of the desert as soon as possible for said he i have a dreadful time in the sand with my stilts and i really need more men in my navy than the giant has in his army besides the best kind of sailors can never be found in a dry desert like this and no one could object to this reasoning they set forth turning to the east and before noon they saw before them fields and vegetation and shortly afterward they came to a broad river journeying down the bank of this for a mile or two they perceived lying at anchor in the stream a good-sized vessel with a tall mast and a great sail hauled down on the deck hurrah shouted the admiral the moment he set his eyes upon the prize and away he went for it as fast as his stilts would carry him when he reached the water he waded right in and was soon standing looking over the vessel's side he did not get on board but after standing for some time asking to a person inside he waded back to the shore where his companions were anxiously waiting to hear what he had discovered there are not many persons on board he said rather ruefully only an old woman and a girl one is the cook and the other washes bottles there were a good many men on the ship but the old woman says that they all went away yesterday carrying with them a vast number of packages she thinks they were a lot of thieves and that they had gone off with their booty and have deserted the vessel she and the girl were simply hired as servants and know nothing about the crew it isn't exactly the kind of navy i wanted but it will do and we must see some men before night it was unanimously agreed that the government of nasama should take possession of this deserted vessel and the giant soon managed to pull her to shore anchor and all everybody excepting the giant went on board nasin and lorilla going first then the government officers the aristocracy and the army the admiral stood on his stilts 
with his head up in the rigging and the ship was formally placed under his command when all was ready the giant ran the ship out into the stream wading in up to his metal and then he very carefully clambered on board the vessel rocked a good deal as he got in but it could carry him so long as he kept quiet as my navy is not large enough just now to work the ship said the admiral to nassim and also as it doesn't know anything about such work i shall have to have the help of the aristocracy and shall also have to ask the general to lend me his army all right said the giant you can have him a number of the larger boys assisted by the negro now went to work and hoisted the sail then the army was sent to the helm the vessel was put before the wind and the kingdom of nasima began to sail away there was a large quantity of provisions on board enough to last many days and everybody ate heartily but not a person was seen that day on either bank of the river they anchored at night and the next morning setting sail again they soon entered a broad sea or lake they sailed on with the wind behind them and everybody enjoyed the trip this admiral sat on the stern with his stilts dangling behind the water as the ship sailed on and was very happy now said the counsellor of the exquire as the officers of the government were talking together on deck all we want is some common people and then we can begin the kingdom in real earnest we must have some houses and streets said nasimi and a palace these will be necessary before we can settle down as a kingdom they sailed all night and the next day they saw land before them and slowly moving near the shore they perceived a long caravan hi shouted the counsellor of the exquire there are the common people everybody was now very much excited and everybody wanted to go ashore but this nasim would not permit capturing a caravan would be a very different thing from capturing a negro on an ostrich and the matter must be undertaken with caution and prudence so ordering the ship brought near the shore he made ready to land accompanied only by the giant and lorilla the giant had found a spare mast on the vessel and he had trimmed and whittled it into a convenient club this he took under one arm and with nasimi on the other wearing his crown and carrying lorilla in his sash the giant waded ashore and stopped a short distance in front of the approaching caravan nasim having been set on the ground advanced to the leader of the caravan 
and drawing his sword called upon him to halt instantly the procession stopped and the leader dismounting from his horse approached nasim and bowed low before him offering to pay tribute if necessary we will not speak of tribute said nasim at least not now what i wish is to know who you all are and where you are going that is easily answered said the other giving a glance upward at the giant who stood leaning on his club behind nasim we are a company of men of high degree of philosophers and of rich merchants who have joined together to visit foreign lands to enjoy ourselves and improve our minds we have brought with us our families our slaves and our flocks and other possessions we wish to offend no one and if you object to our passing through your dominions i do not object said nasim i am very glad you came this way these are not my dominions i am king of nasimia and where is that your majesty it is not anywhere in particular just now said nasim but we shall soon fix upon a spot where its boundaries will be established it is a new kingdom and only needed a body of calm say populous whispered lorilla from her sash the other might offend him and only needed a populace continued nazim to make it complete i am the king of royal blood and education i have ministers of state and finance an admiral and a navy a general of the army whom you see here pointing to the giant and an aristocracy which is at present on board of that ship i have been looking for a populace and am very glad to have met you you and your companions are now my people what your majesty cried the astonished leader of the caravan i do not comprehend nasin then explained the plan and purpose of his kingdom and assured the other that he and his countrymen and nowhere to be more happy than in the kingdom of nasimia where every opportunity of enjoyment and the improvement of the mind would be offered to the people the leader on hearing this begged permission to consult with his fellow travellers some advised one thing and some another but the sight of the giant who every now and then playfully struck the earth with the end of his club in such a way as to make the ground tremble hastened their decision if we were poor men said one of the philosophers and had no treasures with us we might scatter in various directions and many of us might escape 
that giant could not kill us all but we are too rich for that we cannot run away from our great possessions we must submit in peace so it was settled that they should submit to the king of nasimia and become his people and the leader carried the decision to nasim the chancellor of the equire now became very anxious to go on shore he had cast off his clam digger's clothes and wore a magnificent suit which he had found in the ship and which had belonged to the robber captain he stood on the deck and made signs for the giant to come for him so the giant was sent for him and soon returned bringing also the army which the chancellor had borrowed of him for a time this officer as soon as he had landed approached nasim and said these then are the common people i suppose i might as well go to work and collect taxes you need not hurry about that said nasim they will never believe in your government until you do it urged the chancellor and so nasim allowed him to do as he wished only telling him not to levy his taxes too heavily then the chancellor with the negro behind him carrying his old clam basket over which a cloth had been thrown went through the caravan and collected taxes enough to gold and silver to fill his basket he also collected a horse for himself and one for nasim now said he we have the foundation of a treasury and the thing begins to look like a kingdom everything now everything being now satisfactorily arranged the company begins to move on the giant with his army at his heels and his club over his shoulder marched first then wrote nasim with lorilla then the chancellor with his basket of treasure before him on his horse and after him the caravan the ship sailed alone a short distance from the shore in the evening the land party encamped near the shore and the vessel came to anchor the giant shouting to the admiral nasim's commands the chancellor wished to make another collection of taxes after supper but this nasim forbade lorilla then had a long talk with nasim apart from the company assuring him that what was needed next was the royal city yes indeed said nasim and we are not likely to meet with that as we have met with everything else we must build a city i suppose no said lorella gaily we can do much better do you see that heavy forest on the hills back of us 
well in that forest is the great capital city of my people the fairies we are scattered in colonies all over the country but there is our court and our queen and it is the fairies who can help you to get a royal city this very evening i will go and see what can be done so that evening nasim took lorilla to the edge of the forest and while she ran swiftly into the depths he lay down and slept early the next morning while the stars were still shining she returned and awoke him and while they were going to the camp she told him her news our queen she said will have a city built for you all complete with everything that a city needs before she will have this done she commands that someone in your party shall be changed into a fairy to take my place this must be a grown person who consents to the exchange as i have agreed to be your chief counsellor of state and it must be someone whose mind has never been occupied with human affairs i don't believe you will find any such person among us said nasim ruefully but lorilla clapped her hands and cried merrily ah yes the bottle washer i believe she is the very person nasim was cheered by this idea and as soon as they reached the shore he asked the giant to carry him and lorilla to the ship early as it was they found the young girl sitting on the deck quietly washing bottles she had lost her parents when an infant and had never had any one to care for she had passed her life since she was a very small child in washing bottles and as this employment does not require any mental labor she had never concerned herself about anything she will do exclaimed lorilla when she had found out all this i don't believe her mind was ever occupied at all it is perfectly fresh for her to begin as a fairy when the girl was asked if she would be a fairy she consented for it made no difference to her what she was and when the admiral was asked if he would give her up he said oh yes to be sure it will reduce my navy to one person but even then it will be as large as the army you may take her and welcome the bottle washer therefore was taken to the shore and nasim conducted her to the woods with lorilla there he left them promising to return at sunset you must be careful of one thing said lorilla to him before he left and that is not to let these aristocrats come on shore if they once get among the populace 
they will begin to lord over them in a way that will raise a dreadful commotion nassim promised to attend to this and when he went back he sent orders to the admiral on no account to allow any aristocrat to come on shore the order caused great discontent on the vessel the boys couldn't see why they alone should be shut up in the ship they had expected to have lots of fun when the common people were found it was therefore with great difficulty that they were restrained from jumping overboard and swimming ashore in a body the master had been made an ancient noble but his authority was of little avail and the poor admiral had his hands full indeed he would have been in despair had it not been for the gallant conduct of his navy that brave woman seized a broom and marching around the deck kept watchful guard whenever she saw a boy attempting to climb over the side of the vessel she brought down the broom with a whack upon him and tumbled him back on the deck in the afternoon however the giant came to the vessel with a double armload of rich fruit cakes pastry and confectionery and offering from the common people which so delighted the aristocrats that there was now peace on board for the rest of the day at sunset nassim went to the woods and met lorilla who was waiting for him it's all right she cried the bottle washer is to be magically dwindled down to-night and when everybody is asleep the fairies will come here and will see how many people there are and what they are like and they will build a city just to suit it will be done to-morrow nassim could scarcely believe all this but there was nothing to be done but to wait and see that night everybody went to sleep quite early and if the fairies came and measured them for a city they did not know it in the morning nassim arose and walked down toward the shore as he did so a lady came out of a tent and approached him he thought he knew her features but he could not remember who she was but when she spoke he started back and cried out lorilla yes said the lady laughing it is lorilla the king of nasima ought to have a chief counsellor of state who is somewhat longer than his finger and last night as the girl who took my place dwindled down to the size of a fairy i grew larger and larger until i became as large as she used to be do you like the change lorilla was beautiful 
she was richly dressed and her lovely face was as merry and gay as ever nasim approached her and took her hand the chief counsellor of my kingdom shall be its queen he said and calling a priest from the populace the two were married on the spot great were the rejoicings on land and water but there was no delay in getting ready to march to the royal city and the domes and spires of which lorilla pointed out to them behind some lovely groves nasim was about to signal for the ship to come to shore but lorilla checked him i'm really sorry for those poor aristocrats but it will never do to take them to the royal city they are not needed and they will make all sorts of trouble there is nothing to be done but to let the admiral sail away with them and keep on sailing until they are grown up then they will come back fit to be members of the nobility they will have their master with them and you can put three or four philosophers on board and they can be as well educated traveling about in this way as if they were going to school nasim felt sorry for the aristocrats but he saw that this was good advice and he took it a quantity of provisions and four philosophers were sent on board the ship and the admiral was ordered to sail away until the boys grew up as he liked nothing better than sailing and this suited the admiral exactly and after having a few sheep sent on board with which to amuse himself during calms he hoisted sail and was soon far away the rest of the kingdom marched on and in good time reached the royal city there it stood with its houses streets shops and everything that a city should have the royal palace glittered in the centre and upon a hill there stood a splendid castle for the giant everybody hurried forward the name of the owner was on every house and every house was fully furnished so in a few minutes the whole city was at home the king leading his queen up the steps of his royal palace paused at the door all this he said i owe to you from the very beginning you have given me nothing but good advice but that is not the best of it she said laughing you always took it the vessel carrying the aristocrat sailed away and away with the admiral sitting on the stern his stilts dangling in the water behind as the ship moved on end of chapter one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc